I say, my Lord, I thank you so much. I don't have any regrets because today I have three children in one happy, miraculously blessed family. So what can I regret about? I'm Wayne Shepherd. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person and my guest Boris Volkov of Peter Dynica Russian Ministries. I'm anxious for you to meet this young man whom God is using to develop the next generation of evangelical leaders in the former Soviet Union countries. And I'll introduce Boris to you in just a moment. First Person reaches around the world through radio and the internet. Ironically, I just received an email from someone living in Russia who listens to the podcast and offered a suggestion for a future guest. Well, the easiest way to reach us is by email, and you'll find the address under contact on our webpage, firstpersoninterview.com. Again, firstpersoninterview.com. In the dozen countries of the former Soviet Union, there's a growing evangelical church, but the struggles are many, and strong leadership development is a huge need. Russian Ministries is helping through its School Without Walls project, and the director of that effort, Boris Volkov, is our guest this week here on First Person. He talked to us on the telephone from his home in Ukraine. I'm from Ukraine right now, but uh, I was born in Russia and grew up in among snows of Siberia, deep Siberia, and when you're Parents did scare you with, you know, if you will not have a good enough behavior, I will send you to Siberia. <laughs> so I would, I would not be scared by this because I grew up there. So this is about me. So I had no threat for you since you were already in Siberia. I get that. All right. <laughs> so uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? Um, no, unfortunately, no. I grew up in a family where my father, uh, he used to be a leader of a local communist party organization. So my mother was uh, a teacher in kindergarten. So I wouldn't say that I grew up absolutely in non-Christian uh, environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, in an area where I lived on that moment, actually it wasn't in, um, even one Christian. I mean, the Christian who did confess uh, his faith in some specific ways. That's why when I first met Christian and when I first saw real thick book like Bible, you know, it was a great new experience for me when I was a 16, 17 years old boy. Hmm. Now, I don't know exactly how old you are, Boris, but uh, can you tell me how old so we can place you when, uh, when the former Soviet Union began to fall apart and communism fell? How old were you at the time? So I was born in 1975, and that moment I think I was about about 16 or 17 years old. And so you must have been pretty well indoctrinated into communist ideology as a as a young boy then. Uh, as I told you, my my environment was a really really communist environment, and my my dad. Uh, I wouldn't say that he was you know such a dedicated as a communist priest. Uh, person, but of course it, it impacted uh, on me for, on with a different ways for my school. And I remember the day when the leader of Communist Party and uh, leader of former Soviet Union, Leonid Brezhnev, died. It was a official meeting in our school, and you know our principal half crying. They talk, you know, such a ho- horrible thing happened to with us. Uh, our loved beloved leader, 
uh, Leonid Bridgev just recently died and what what we're going to do next. So that was a question. And as a young boy, I, I think I was seven or eight years old on that moment. I, I remember the situation. I was so touched. I was so impressed, uh, you know, because of such a um, specific ideological environment. Mm-hmm. How did you hear the gospel then in living in that, uh, in that, in that place at that time? Today, people are discussing uh, about uh, effectiveness of, you know, massive evangelism uh, events. <laughs> but uh, when somebody talked to me, how did I uh, learn about Christ and about gospel? That was exactly because of mass, massive approach, uh, which was conducted by uh, evangelical Christians uh, from around the countries of not only you know, Protestant uh, churches, uh, I mean, uh, countries of former Soviet Union were, pre- were represented by uh, Christians from local Protestant churches, but actually most of people I met, Christian people were foreigners, uh, French people, German people, American people, and uh, it happened in 1991 uh, during South, such called uh, Christ to people of Siberia, Siberia missionary trip. So this is my was uh, th- that was my first meeting, uh, first introduction to Christianity. So it was the missionaries and the evangelists who came to the Soviet Union who brought the message of the gospel to you. That's how you heard about Christ. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tell me more about uh, the circumstances, Boris. I was eleventh grade pupil in school, and it was an autumn, and I remember it happened just yesterday. Uh, it was a yellow a, lo- a yellow paper, uh, newspaper size uh, announcement that uh, on this place, on this date, you will have chance to hear about uh, Christianity, to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, the uh, something new, and you know, it's it was a period uh, when many statements uh, were were crushing uh, in in our society. And at that moment, I was uh, really old enough to understand it uh, because you know, just just before uh, before I met this announcement, it was a period when. I was invited to join Young Communist League, and I already uh, felt, uh, did feel uh, the application for that, and then nothing happened, and, you know, my uh, colleagues and uh, those who invited me to join this Young Communist League movement, they, you know, they, they just uh, said, so we cannot pro- advise uh, you anymore, sorry, do do whatever whatever you want. So uh, that is why when I met uh, this announcement, you know, it was uh, something that uh, was really pretending to fill uh, a gap hmm. in my mindset, uh, and it and it exactly what really succeed. Yes, the the freedom that came to the Soviet Union at that time when Glasnost happened and, and everything opened up, it brought in a flood of new ideas, didn't it, including Christianity. You got caught up in that in your own search for truth, it sounds like, and that, and that led you 
to uh, ask questions about about Christ and Christianity. So did you become a Christian immediately upon hearing about it, Boris? I would gladly say that uh, I became a Christian right in in the middle of great evangelism event in some specific point. But, uh, you know, my turn to Jesus was not... Uh, like, uh, you know, switch on, switch off, or switch off, switch on. It was a little like uh, like sunrise. So it was a period when I uh, first uh, came up front to the stage and when I repented. But actually, I didn't know what to do with my repentance. Praise God, praise God. Uh, there was, <laughs> I would say, let's say, <laughs> a near assault uh, group. Uh, of Christians who stood on site and who really cared about those who were converted just from non-Christian background to Christianity, to new life. And I was really impressed by their lifestyle, by their openness, by their open talking about uh, different topics in my or in society life. So, and uh, this is what uh, brought me up, 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 and up uh, in my Christian growth. So uh, I wouldn't say that uh, I repented. I uh, I was baptized in a period of two months. No, exactly. It was a distance uh, about for about three years uh, because I repented when I was uh, seven, uh, 16 and I was baptized when I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Boris, any regrets in your life uh, once you began to follow Christ? Uh, looking back on it now, are you glad you chose what you chose? <laughs> you know, um, I remember one specific moment in my life when I was, uh, I think, 17 or 18 years old, and I remember my life in military school. You know, uh, military school is partly looks already like a monastery, but I used to be, let's say, a monk in monastery, uh, or let's say, a monk in monastery in in a, in a monastery. So, you know, in three times more <laughs> uh, complicated situation. Uh, I remember uh, situation like, you know, my colleagues, my friends from my military school are coming from, let's say, from freedom, from from domestic life, and they declare, oh my goodness, she was so sweet, uh, talking about some uh, sex, from some promiscuity. And you know, uh, hormones were really high in me also, because I was a, a teenager, I was a young man, uh, ready to explode uh, during such conversations around me. And I remember it looked, it, it sounded to me like, Oh Lord, can I open this door to let's say freedom and I can and take take couple breaths and I will sure come back, Lord. But no, you know, when uh today I look back on my life and I look back on life of my friends and when I see some of them who has, for example, three children in in four different marriages, uh I say, my Lord, I thank you so much. I don't have any regrets because today I have three children in one happy, um, miraculously blessed family with only wife, with only great relationships possible with, between men and women. So what, what we are talking, what can I regret about? 
I admire this young man and his ministry, and we'll learn more about it in the second half of today's conversation here on First Person. We're hearing the testimony of a man in Russia today who is a great example of how God is raising up a new generation of Christian leaders. But it doesn't just happen without the support and encouragement of many people who come alongside Peter Dynica Russian Ministries and provide resources which are in turn spent on equipping the church in the countries of the former Soviet Union. I hope you'll take the extra step today of learning more about Russian ministries and what you can do to help. Click on the banner at firstpersoninterview.com. That's firstpersoninterview.com. My guest on First Person today is Boris Volkov. Boris is vice president of the Association for Spiritual Renewal. That's what it's called in the countries of the former Soviet Union. In this country, we know it as Russian ministries. Boris is on the line from Ukraine. And Boris, I know your specific responsibility is to work training the next generation of young people who are coming up in the church. We want to make sure that they get discipled in the Word and that they grow in Christ and then reach out to their neighbors. Let's talk about some specific ways in which you see the next generation stepping up to meet the challenges in the former Soviet Union. Now, the countries of the former Soviet Union are so vast and so spread out and so different. Let's take it region by region. Let's talk about Central Asia, for instance. What are the challenges in Central Asia that the next generation of young people in the church are rising up to meet? What are some of the specific things they're doing? You know, countries of Central Asia are now uh, specifically uh, noted as countries with growing uh, religious persecution, especially uh, persecution after that, those who who confess Christianity. And uh, in these uh, highly challenging conditions, uh, realities, they... Are really active, and our students of School Without Walls, Next Generation Leaders, they are, I mean, uh, they are deeply involved such in such ministry like ministry to poor people, to orphans, because uh, very often they are not allowed for public activity, but you know uh, what they what they can do, they can they can simply care about already. Abandoned, uh, already lost people who are not uh, really an object of protection or care of uh, society or state. Uh, let's say that is why our students are real answer to those who I deep need. And our project uh, in countries of former Soviet Union, we call we call it uh, Project Hope. Uh, give a hope project. And uh, in these countries, of course, we cannot uh, declare, you know, freely that we are about Christianity, we are about gospel, we are about discipleship, but we are really about care of people, really about some, let's say, small but relief for those who are in hard, horrible conditions. Mm. Yeah, that, that tells us how we should begin to pray for those who are attempting to live out their faith in those countries where there is religious persecution and where it is difficult to be identified with Christ. But at the same time, there are things, as you've said, that can be done to reach out in Christ's name. And I'm so happy to hear that that's, that's happening. And we want to pray for those, uh, those uh, next generation leaders, Boris, who are stepping out in faith like that. Let, let's pick another part of the country. Let's pick your homeland of Siberia. What's going on in Siberia? Are there are there groups meeting? Is there a school without walls in Siberia? Yeah, sure. Well, for example, we have 
groups in far, far north uh, end of Tumen region, which is called Yamal, and Yamal, in a direct translation from local language, means the end of the earth, the <laughs> end of the land. The end of the and earth, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you should be very sensitive to my Ingrash. I mean, this is a mix of English and Russian, Ingrash. <laughs> <laughs> no, we understand you just fine, uh, and that's very descriptive. Siberia is a pretty isolated place, isn't it? Yes, absolutely isolated, and that is why we are specifically oriented and focused on uh, unreached groups of people who are living in these far, far remote areas. And our students, uh, in cooperation with local churches, by the way, I think this is a very important thing that uh, our students, um, next generation leaders, do. They involve local churches to active ministry, not just, uh, you know, sitting inside the walls, but uh, to make an outreach to those who are not yet found, sometimes absolutely lost in shamanism, in some pagan religions, and so on. But but what they do, they are motivated, they are uh, equipped with resources, with different methodics uh, to reach uh, such uh, people, and uh, our main uh, outreach in this uh, region, in region of Siberia, is outreach to bring hope to those who are live who are living in in environment of paganism, in environment of shamanism, who really don't have hope and we bring it there. Hmm. You bring the message of Christ. There are so many aspects of this ministry I want to talk about today and our time is short, Boris, but let me ask you about Mongolia. You mentioned that earlier. What's going on in Mongolia? In Mongolia, people are living in very isolated conditions. They live, uh, you know, in family groups, traveling across the country, and they don't have a stable position for living. That is why it's uh, very difficult to connect them to, you know, to kind of church group or Christian group. And what we are really uh, thinking about, and uh, what is and what is really growing. Uh, inside uh, our next generation leaders in Krasnoyarsk area in Russia, we are thinking about how to train and how to uh, inject a specific person, uh, a specific man or woman, missionary, who will serve in uh, these, you know, uh, isolated and permanently moving conditions to those who are also living in very shamanic and Buddhist uh, conditions. Well, you're giving us this survey today and giving us lots to pray about, Boris. I want to shift gears and talk about the cities of the former Soviet Union. I understand that the School Without Walls and the next generation young people who are stepping out in faith for Christ in these places, if they're a teacher, they're getting together with other teachers and asking the question, what can we do as teachers to reach our world for Christ? And doctors are getting together and lawyers are getting together. Uh, tell me what's going on. Yeah, you know, uh, very often these people uh, are gathered by their professional orientation. Very often these people are are Christians uh, with very deep relationship with God. And with this word, deep, I mean not uh, deep roots, but deeply hidden 
relationship with God. Maybe they are quite open during Sunday schools, during church services, and so on, but on their workplaces, they are hidden Christians, and I would, uh, sometimes I jokingly say that uh, they are like submarine Christians, you know, just uh, <laughs> Under the surface, up for yeah. a couple breaths of uh, Christian air and go down <laughs> for real life, let's say. What we are doing now, we are gathering them together. They have already some uh, associations, and what we are doing, we are motivating them and providing them trainings and mentoring for their uh, real Christian life, not submarine style uh, of life. And uh, recently we conducted an event forum for uh, which was called Business for Transformation, and we we invited number of people from different areas of business, of, uh, let's say, blue-collar work. It was over-flooded, over-flooded. I mean, <laughs> our room over-flooded with people who really now interested in, in new ways how actively uh, live and work and make transformation in their communities and their uh, professional uh, communities. And what is next, we are now, you know, just a couple days uh, before our coming event, uh, which is called Crosslinks. Uh, this is an event for teachers in Donetsk Christian University. We are planning together about 200 Christian teachers, and we are planning to give them specific tools how to be effective and how to be in close relationships with uh, their pupils, with their parents. We are creating an awareness. We are creating a platform for for growth uh, and changes in our societies. Well, Boris, it is so exciting to get that report. It brings a chill to me to hear this news, and I think you have something to teach us about how to move out and to win the world for Christ. It's amazing what's going on in the countries of the former Soviet Union. I want to know, from your perspective, from your leadership position, how can we pray for this next generation of young people who are the future of the church in Russia and beyond? So you can pray about uh, constant and high level of responsibility for their relationship with God and expanding of these relationships to their local communities, to their local churches, so that they could be effective in their ministry. And additionally, I would like to pray about them from in perspective of equipping them with uh, necessary trainings and tools for making them more efficient in their work. Boris Volkov of Peter Dynica Russian Ministries. Boris is faithfully serving Christ throughout Russia and the surrounding countries by equipping and encouraging young Christian leaders. And if you'd like to learn more about Russian ministries and the School Without Walls project, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. There you'll find links which will answer many of the questions you have, as well as provide an opportunity for you to take action on behalf of the churches of the former Soviet Union. Again, go to firstpersoninterview.com and follow the links to Russian ministries. And if you'd like to post a note and follow up to what you've heard today, you can do that on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. By the way, as you travel this summer, you may want to subscribe to the podcast of First Person and take us with you. All of our previous interviews are available through iTunes, and you can download as many as you like and take them with you this summer. Just look for First Person on iTunes. 
Next week, we're going to switch to inner city Dallas and meet Mike Fetchner of his Bridge Builders. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to First Person. Thank you.